Welcome to Say Brother Radio. This is Barbara Hi, Brown. How you doing, sweetheart? This is uh that was Carolyn, Carolyn Jenkins, my guest, and this is Lady B coming from BNN TV channel twenty three and WBCA one hundred two point nine LP FM. So, um, welcome to our show. This is part two of what we did a couple weeks ago. Uh, Carolyn and I were talking about dance. And one of the reasons why we were talking about dance is because we are dancers in our earlier lives. So um, we have a, a lineage of dance. And from that lineage, you have this exclusive, exquisite training in dance. And then we want to carry it down. So it starts with Elma Lewis in our lives. And from Elma Lewis, it goes down to uh, Angela Bowen Peters, who was Carolyn's teacher. And then down to me, uh, I was in the next class after, after Angela. And then Angela created her own dance unit, a, a school in, in uh, Connecticut. And there comes Carolyn and her colleagues. So there's a long lineage of African-Americans who danced under these women and um, took that training on. And we would like to continue it uh, in different forms. Carolyn teaches. Uh, I produce dance when I can. It's hard to do, but I produce it when I can. Um, but it is my first love, right? Television's right after that, but it's my first love. And um, we want to pass on what we know. Uh, and one of the things we talked about was the difficulty in doing that because not only do you have to be a disciplined dancer, but you have to be disciplined in terms of your personality, in terms of your behavior, in terms of what you do. And Carolyn and I were talking about that. So I'm gonna ask Carolyn right now to talk about the kinds of training not only in dance, but in discipline, behavioral discipline in terms of what she learned and then how she was trying to pass that down to some dancers that she was working with in Detroit. So Carolyn, pick that up for me. Well, I am in Detroit right now and I've traveled around a lot, but uh, Lady B, when we say discipline, it, it, it's, it's just a, night and day kind of a situation right now i guess because of the the laws that are you know the new laws that are implemented and abuse of children or whatever it is they just don't have the discipline or even the stamina that we had um lady b you know that we rehearsed six days a week and five hours a day and this kind of thing and we, we are now in competition with the rest of the world. We don't come anywhere near what the Chinese do or the Russians do like we used to. I mean, um, Lady B, you know that um, the type of ballet, which I'm mostly a ballet teacher, was we were taught the Russian technique, which was mm -hmm. very, very strict. And, you know, you did things not 50 times, you did things a hundred times or 
200 times in order to master one particular step. They don't okay, have right, that right. kind of, right. of um, stamina. They think they do it once and, and, and they, they've mastered it. And that's just not true. I, I, I like to tell the children here in Detroit, well, it's the truth. There's only 104 or 107 steps in ballet. So you have to master those 104 steps right. in order to perform. And you can't perform until you master those steps. So the dance, I feel, has turned into uh, something else. In other words, if you can uh, engage the audience in in what they see on television really, which is a bunch of pelvic thrust and, uh, you know, other things that we, we weren't even allowed to do um, right. in order to, you know, perform in front of an audience. It was that quote unquote professionalism, you know, that, um, that we, were, we were trained in. And I like to tell Barbara, I like to tell you that, um, the 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 discipline that that was required um, just doesn't exist anymore. That's how I feel about it. And and dance has turned into a milk a watered down kind of um, situation uh, in terms for of for us for us here in America. But I like you said when we look at the Russians, we look at the Chinese, we look at everybody in Europe. Their dance is clean and it's not influenced or interrupted with or by contemporary dance or Arab uh, acrobatics or any of that stuff. You know, we're talking about clean work. And when you compete against them, you're in trouble because they look exactly the way they're supposed to look. We look junky. You know, there's junky movements and they're, they're not classically trained kids anymore. They, they're allowed to incorporate a lot of stuff that has nothing to do with pure classically trained dancers. And the thing is, is that as a classically trained dancer, you can do anything after you've learned those 105, 104 steps. You can do anything. You can do African dance. You can do modern. You can do jazz. You can do Horton. You can do anything and beautifully as well. However, you don't get that kind of strength, stamina, or execution of technique unless you have learned the ballet technique, primarily Russian ballet technique that will strengthen your body and turn your body so that your lines are correct. And discipline, in terms of behavioral discipline, that's a whole nother story. That's something we need to address so that kids stop behaving the way they're allowed to just because the laws are different now. You know, the laws are different now, allowing teachers to step back and let them behave badly. Talk about they, that because you have to deal with that. Right. And they're almost um, bound to that because you cannot discipline children the way that we were disciplined. Angela, you know, was a very, very strict teacher. She never cursed at us, but she certainly made you feel as if you had gotten cursed out. I think that um, 
the model is unfortunately television with things like dance moms and bring it bring it on you know where they dance with their hair and they dance you know very seductively which we were not allowed to until we were at least 12 as a matter of fact i remember angela saying that um you couldn't do like an african dance with a lot of gyrations and um that kind of thing until you were at least 12 and had something to gyrate that that's what she used to tell us you need you have to have some kind of woman's body in order to do that so there wasn't anyone younger than 12 who could even imagine doing anything like you know what they're doing now on television with their hair and with their their hips that we were not allowed to do until a certain age. And I thought that was good. The other problem I have is that every child is rewarded with a trophy as if you're just as good as anybody else. No, we were in real competition with each other because you didn't get a trophy, a big, big old thing too. They're big like you, you know, they're big like five feet. And to make you feel as if you've done something, you haven't done anything when you compare it to the, classical technique that we were trained in. So that's, I feel, the biggest problem because now uh, one child told me, I said, well, you're not doing it right, it's horrible. Blah, blah. And um, she said, well, we won the national championship and I had to shut my mouth <laughs> because they did. <laughs> they right. won this national championship with a trophy that's like five or six feet tall. So and, would you say the standards have been lowered? Absolutely. In doing, in doing that kind of work. Absolutely. Here they are Why doing this mixed gym because they didn't learn this technique. You're doing a cartwheel in the middle of a ballet dance and your toes aren't right. pointed. Right. So if you don't point your toes, no matter what you're doing, gymnastics, whatever, anytime you jump in the air, your toes have to be pointed. And that's basically what I'm complaining about. And they tell me, well, we won the national championship. I got to shut my mouth because they're absolutely right. They won a national championship right. without pointed toes. Now, how does that happen? Just what is the example for that? Uh, a lot of the dances that they win these awards and they have on sneakers, not even dance sneakers. They're just regular sneakers, which... You can't point your foot in a regular sneaker. Right. And right. so I think that they're just being led down this dance mom's path mm -hmm. in which I don't even see the dance moms do 104 ballet steps within their choreography. They just don't. So um, I, 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 I want to step back because I said, I can't, I can't compete with this. I can't. I can't fight with this. Now I'm the bad guy because I tell you, you got to do 55 PK turns before you can do one on stage. And, right. you know, so, so that's what's going on with me in Detroit right now, Lady B. So what, what kinds of recommendations for change in terms of what's happening in the dance world now would you make? Unfortunately, you know, being such an oppressive, a, a poverty community that I live in, I want to say that 
Angela Bowen, she taught this to underprivileged children. I would like to carry on that with underprivileged children. But what I see is if you have the money to pay for a classical ballet teacher in which you have to, you know, like Dance Theater of Harlem, you can't even perform for at least two years uh, in that school uh, on stage. And I think that th those kinds of standards and uh, um, Dance Theater Harlem costs a lot of money. Right. They do, regardless of, of whether they're in Harlem or not. So I don't think that those kinds of opportunities that we had as young, quote unquote, underprivileged children, um, I, I just don't think that those opportunities are there for them anymore. It's- um, what, and you Well, you know, going. Alma Lewis, um, when she trained us, she taught 8,000 people herself specifically. And then she had other instructors teach the kids coming in after that. But I can say firsthand that those 8,000 were not from upper class, uh, upper income communities. They were from middle income communities and some low income communities. They all got the same formalized treatment, the same kind of technique, the same discipline, training, everything. So because you come from a lower income status, it doesn't mean that you have to reduce what you learn as a discipline. You, you should not lose technique uh, because you come from a lower income. All it's gonna do is keep you there because you're never gonna be able to dance on the level that you should be dancing because they're going to outdance you. You know, and I just wish that uh, as there's a show that I see regularly called um, Come and Dance With Me. Come and Dance With Me are young kids who have asked their parents to dance with them. I think the concept is great. I love the fact that these moms and dads are trying to dance with their kids, but they're getting confused. They're confusing real dance with play dance. And so, you know, I, I heard a dad saying in a commercial a couple of days ago, he said, I'm a dancer now. This man has probably danced three times, you know, and had a little bit of rehearsal with the choreographer, but he believed that. And I said, oh no, see, this is, this is really wrong. We're, we're taking something that is so important and so valued and reducing it to nothing. And I'm not sure whose fault that is. Um, I, we never have an opportunity to have their choreographers talk to camera or do an interview. So you don't know what their training is, but it appears from the rehearsal training that they've shown that they do have some good technique and they do have good training, but the rules have changed. Clearly, the rules have changed, so they don't they don't worry about whether or not your feet are pointed, or worry or not that you have good landing. You know, they don't care about those kind of things. They don't find it important. If you get the combination right, that's all they really care about. Whatever the combination is. 
um, for these dads and moms who, who don't have a clue, but they know they got the combination right, feel like they're dancers. And it's like so crazy. I just, I just wish there was a way that we could keep it separate. They could keep, like, if you want to do that, that's fine. But understand that this is an imitation of dance. It's not dance. And this is dance. And keep it clear and separate. And I really think that before it's lost to us entirely as a country, they have to come back and change it. And since you are still in the dance world, probably has to start with you. You said you're moving to New York, right? You're going back to New York? I am. I am. I've been in Detroit for a few years. I had a wonderful time. And these children have taught me a lot to do and not to do. But everybody's influenced by the media. So if we're going to compete with the media, then we have to be the media like you are, Lady B. And that's why I appreciate you. Because if we can up the standards of what they see, right. you know, um, right now in America, it's just all about entertainment and, you know, forget about the technique, uh, you know, just entertainment period. And that's what those parents are. I mean, come on, you can't actually think that you are going to even compete with your child if they're training professionally. So it, I just think it's a miss, a miss conception but it's all done through the media you know you know that so, and, and so, I know um, that. being in new york is like being in the dance mecca of the world so um i think that maybe you could take that opportunity when you do go back to new york and work with some other dancers who are training young people and see if you all can begin helping them unlearn this stuff that they're doing and make the difference, make the distinction, keep it separate. You know, they got to keep it separate. If that happens, that kind of, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to, I'm going to jump and hop and add that to my dance choreography. If I feel like it, if they if, if they did that kind of stuff, in sports, it would be a disaster and all kind of money would be lost because nobody wants that. Nobody wants someone interrupting the technique of playing basketball or football or any of them. They're not gonna let that happen. They're just not gonna let that happen. And unfortunately, we don't have those kind of rules and laws in dance, but we need them. We need them. We need and them. I think that someone, you know, like you and your show could highlight what it really means to dance. And those should be the competitive shows instead yeah. of like a dance mom who's doing the same choreography. I mean, the same yeah. steps within different yeah. choreographies. Right. And, you know, it, it, we're going to have to take the reins and take back, you know, um, technique in dance. This is what we're missing, I think, technique. And like you said, mixing gymnastics with theater and, and all of these other things that we weren't even allowed to do until you actually performed on stage. I think these are the, the competitions that we should have instead of a bring it, bring it on. Is that the name of that? 
bring, bring oh, it on. Come and dance with me. Um, the one I'm trying. The black, the black group in the South. And, and uh, it's a competitive dance thing. Oh, okay. How they compete okay. in the South. My problem is they dance with hair. So, you know, they're, they're swinging their hair instead of moving their bodies. And so that's what is viewed by the the little five-year-olds and the six-year-olds, okay. they're watching that. And so they're trying How to- How they're going to whip their hair. Okay. Right. Whip your hair. And can I look like Megan Stallion going all the way down to the ground and, you know, Jerry? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so well, these are the examples that the kids have to look at before they even start to dance. So we need to, you know, and I'm sure you will, um, change the the what they see, because that's all they know is what they see. They don't, they, they, you know, they don't even read about it or anything like that. They only see what they see on television, and that's Cardi B and Megan Stallion and bring it on with your hair how long is your hair and how quick can you i remember in bring it on the girl's hair just flew right off and <laughs> okay you know so i mean <laughs> we had okay. our hair back we had all kinds of bobby pins in it to hold it would you would never look at our hair as a part of uh, our dance it just i wasn't. remember one time that we were getting ready to perform and I had a pair of glasses on. And Ms. Lewis said, take those off. I said, what? She said, I don't want glasses flying across the stage and they're gonna fall off, take them off. I said, but I can't see clearly. She said, you'll know where you're going. Just keep going in that direction. You'll see somebody that you know and you just follow that direction. Just make the best of it. Okay, um, we should take a break for right now okay. because we've not taken one. Um, this is Lady B with Carolyn Jenkins for Say Brother Radio at WBCA LP FM 102.9 on the radio and BNN TV channel 23. Stay with us. We'll be right back. What's more dangerous, a man who isn't afraid of death or one who's found everything to live for? I asked him if he was proud of me. He emphatically said yes, as he laid his pecan-colored head on my chest. And I went through my mind a thousand times to figure out what that could possibly mean. And every single example ended in motivation for me. So you may not be afraid to die, but I'm more afraid to let them down. And I found something to live for, which is a dangerous motive forever fueled. See, your thoughts may be involuntary, but my actions are very calculated. I was a man with a plan, but now I'm a dad with a decree, and you can't take that from me. My sons ain't raised by no coward, and they won't be one either. If this be the measure of a man, the yardstick gonna need way more meters. I take it too far, so they never come up short, because I found everything to live for. Uh, we have uh, Carolyn Chingas with us on Say Brother Radio. This is Lady B again. And I want to thank you for listening to our conversation. We only have a few minutes left, but uh, I want to make sure that we have a chance to make some impression on you in terms of what we're trying to do in the dance world. Uh, the lineage that we come from uh, as OG dancers <laughs> is Elma Lewis, uh, 
Carolyn Jenkins, myself, and uh, Carolyn, tell me the name of your, your instructor. My mind's gone blank on her. Uh, the name of, of Angela Bowen? Angela Bowen Peters. But we, I was, always thought that um, Elma Lewis should be mm -hmm. a lesson that we should all learn as a part of our dance um, in America, Black dance in America. Mm -hmm. If they don't understand those roots and what we're coming, what, where we're coming from, and how valuable that is in the future to hold on to at least that. Um, it's about exposure. And the only exposure, unfortunately, that these children, they can't even go to, to the theater anymore with the pandemic and everything. So it has to, they have to get their exposure from television or Instagram or whatever. And that should be, in fact, the history of Black dance in America, which for me, starts with Elma Lewis. I, I think she's so important. She should be included in everything. Everyone should know her name if you're a dancer, like everyone kind of knows Alvin Ailey and that's all about exposure. Right. That's right. And um, so, you know, I, I see your, your legacy as passing that along, just like me, I'm passing it along. I talk about it all the time in class, okay. and, uh, but it needs to be a broader thing so that our values, well, Maybe this year uh, we can begin to help make that change to go back to where we're supposed to be or help make the distinction between the two. Um, it's the 100th anniversary of Elma Lewis's life um, and the Elma Lewis Legacy Circle at Emerson College is uh, has a unit of people who encompassed Alma Lewis's life uh, as uh, other teachers, as friends. So Carolyn, thank you so much for joining me for this discussion on dance, Black dance, and our legacy coming from Alma Lewis. And uh, I feel very excited about the fact that it's 105th anniversary. I mean, it's a 100th anniversary of her life. And We've paid uh, honor to it today. Thank you so very much. Thank you, viewers and listeners, for being here with us. We look forward to you seeing and hearing from you the next time.